Listen, I got a message for you right now. And this is a message that God began to speak in my heart a while back. In fact, this is an on-time word that I believe is for not just this church, but for all the Christians around the world. Our president said this week, we are at war with an invisible enemy. And that's what I'm going to title this sermon. We are at war, church with an invisible enemy, but we are not in a war that we will lose. We are in a war that we have the victory over the virus. First John four verse four says, you belong to God, children. You have already won a victory. Come on. If you believe it, you have, we are in a war that we already have the victory over. Our president said this week, he said, we're in a war with an invisible enemy. And he said, I'm confident that America will win because we'll resolve to win. And I just thought in my spirit, and I respect our president. I'm so thankful for a president who asks churches to pray and invites faith leaders. In fact, this week I was on the phone with our governor. I was on the phone with the White House. I was on the phone with our mayor. And all of them said, thank you for praying. Thank you, church, for praying. We cannot win the war in our own resolve. We cannot win the war just because of the, the power of a nation. We can only win the war through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is why the Bible says that you will not win this by power or by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. The victory belongs to the Lord. So we are at war, but we're going to win the war. Now, we're hearing all over the world this term of flatten the curve, flatten the curve. And they're telling everybody, shut down because we're going to flatten the curve. But, and I'm all for flattening the curve of, of sickness and, and of death, but I want to flatten the curve of hopelessness. I want to flatten the curve of fear. I want to flatten the curve of defeat and discouragement. I want to raise the hopes of our world. I want to flatten the curve of people not going to church, people not believing. I want to get people's eyes back on Jesus in this hour. This is a time for the church to flatten the curve of what the devil has been trying to do and to get people's hearts and minds and eyes back on the source who is their strength, who's their provider. God is not shut down. Our world is shutting down, but God is not shut down. And he is open for business. He is open to listen to you, to hear from you. Make no mistake, we are at war with an invisible enemy. But I don't know if you realize who that enemy is because it's not the virus. The virus is just one of his weapons. The real enemy is the prince of darkness. And 1 John 4 verse 4 says, you belong to God. You have already won a victory over the spirit of Antichrist that's in the world because the one who lives inside you is greater than the one who is in the world. There is an invisible enemy, but there is an invisible God that is powerfully at work in our hearts and in our lives. Seems like every hour new news is coming out, escalated news. Everything's changing by the hour. We're in an unprecedented time in our world, a time that no generation alive has ever experienced the amount of things shutting down all over the world, the quarantine that's going on. But just like my wife said earlier, God is not in quarantine. God is not socially distancing himself. God is not closed down. He is not shut down for business. He is open today and he is speaking to you. Amen. This is a time for us to tune into God's voice. Six weeks ago, I was awakened in the middle of the night and it was about 3 or 4 a.m., which is really odd because I never wake up at that time. But I couldn't go back to sleep. I thought maybe one of our four kids woke me up, but none of them were in the room. I thought maybe one of his, our dogs that barked, but they were sitting, you know, sound asleep over in the corner. And I thought, why can't I go to sleep? What just woke me up? And I had this urgency to pray. 
And I began to pray and pray. And I didn't know what I was praying for, but this week I know exactly what I was praying for. It was such an intensity. It reminded me of an open vision I had just a year ago. And this is very rare, but every now and then I'll have these visions from God, these dreams from God. A year ago, I had an open vision. I was outside and I was with my kids and we were swimming in the water, not here in Tulsa. And I looked up in the air and there was airplanes flying over us. I looked over to the side, there was houses over there. And I heard God speak to me, everything you see is temporary. Everything you see is shakable. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And I had this conviction in my heart. God said, do not put your trust in what man has built. Do not put your hope in what man has created. Listen, right now, everything is being shaken. Hebrews chapter 12 says, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But in verse 29, it says this, but we as believers have been given an unshakable kingdom. That unshakable kingdom is our trust and our hope in God. Can I tell you that the word of God has outlasted every virus, every sickness, every plague, every government leader, every president, every empire, every genocide, every war. This is where we put our trust and our hope. We do not put our trust and hope in chariots or in horses or in houses or in airplanes or in governmental leaders. Our trust and our hope is in the Lord. But people's foundations are being exposed. People's idols, idols are being exposed right now. Idols are being crushed. Sports is closed down. Schools, theaters, entertainment. People are going, what do I do? In the book of Daniel, there was a king who had so much pride. He, he had so much pride in his wealth, in his gold, in his palace. And one night there was a hand that appeared in the palace and began to write, many, many, tekel, tekel. And he didn't know what it meant. And Daniel, who was a man of God, a child of God, prophesied. And he said, I know the interpretation. God has numbered your days and has found you in wanting. Your kingdom is going to end tonight. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. In that moment, Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom was completely shaken. It was over. Daniel was able to persevere in the midst of a famine, in the midst of difficulty. Why? Because his faith was not in Nebuchadnezzar. His hope was not in the Babylonian empire. His hope was in an unshakable kingdom. When we are at war with an invisible enemy, we've got to know where our hope is at, where our trust is at, where our peace is at. Jesus told his disciples in John 16, you will have trouble in the last days. There will be difficulty. Christianity is not a get out of jail free card. It's not a get out of pain free card. It's not a get out of difficulty free card. Jesus said there will be trouble. There will be difficulty. But take heart, children of God, for I have overcome the world. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You have the victory in Jesus' name. I need some of our team members to shout with me this morning. Listen, I love you right now, and I'm speaking a word in season to you. People are afraid. People are asking what's going on, what's going to happen in our nation, in our city. I got an email last night from someone in Rwanda saying, pray for our country. We're in lockdown. We're getting text messages, emails. People, pray for us. Pray for our small business. Pray for our jobs. I am praying for you, and I am going to speak the word of God to you in the midst of this. We've got to get our eyes back on God. Someone asked me, are you afraid? Are you discouraged? 
And I said, man, I have felt all of those feelings this week knocking on the door of my heart. I would be lying if I said I don't feel any of those feelings. Monday, fear came knocking. Monday afternoon, discouragement came knocking. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, at 3 p.m., at 5 p.m., at 7 p.m., at 11 p.m., throughout the day. Fear knocks on the door, but we don't have to answer that knock. We don't have to invite fear into our house. Don't let a virus change your theology. Don't let a crisis shift your theology. I've decided this week I am not going to let anxiety camp out in my house. I am not going to be friends with discouragement in my house. I am not letting worry dictate how I treat my kids or my wife or how I handle what God has called me to do. Now is a time to kick fear out of your house, to shut the door on the devil, to say, as for me and my house, we're going to lift up hope. We're going to speak faith over fear. We're going to have victory over the virus. We are not letting discouragement rule our family right now. Wherever you're at, God's saying, shut the door on that. How do you do that? How do you do that? Billy Graham even said, he said, you know, I was reading his memoirs. He said, there were many times where discouragement tried to, tried to take over my heart. Many times where fear tried to take over my heart. He said, don't let any pastor or religious person tell you that they've never felt afraid or they've never felt worried or never felt discouraged. All of us, all of us have been there before. But all of us have a choice of whether or not we're gonna let it stay in our minds and hearts or whether we're gonna choose faith. So as I get ready to share this word from God, I wanna just set you up real quickly. How do I shut the door on that fear? How do I win that war against the invisible enemy? Well, first off, I've gotta remember who holds my future. If you're taking notes, just write this down. Remember who holds your future. Isaiah 41, 13 says, do not be afraid for I am here to help you and I will hold you through the hard times. You've gotta remember, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds my future. He holds my future. In the midst of uncertainty, there is one certainty that I do have, and that is God is with me. He's holding me in the midst of this. How do I shut the door on fear? I remember who holds my future. Secondly, I recognize that God has not lost his job. There's a lot of people who are hurting right now, and we are praying for all of those who've lost their job. In Jesus' name, I just pray, God, for your provision, for Jehovah Jireh, Lord, your peace in the midst of fear and discouragement. And I pray for those who, who are right now in that unemployment time that they would recognize there is an employer in heaven who cares about them. God has not lost his job. God is still on the throne. Hebrews chapter 4, 16 says, let us come boldly to the throne. Boldly. That's an invitation for everyone. Everyone, young, old, brand new believer, been, been saved for many years, come boldly to the throne of God's grace. Now, why would he say come to the throne and then you get to the throne and it's empty? He's saying come to the throne because the one who's on the throne has not left the throne. He's still sitting on the throne. Even when you don't see it, he's working. Even when you don't see it, he's working. Even when you don't feel it, he's working. He never stops. He never stops working. He never stops. He never stops working. He's way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. He's still working. He never stops working. He hasn't lost his job. 
Thirdly, here's how I shut the door on fear. I recognize if I'm still breathing, God's not finished. If there's breath in your lungs, God's not done. He's not done with you yet. He's not done with your marriage. He's not done with your family. He's not done with your children. He's not done with your dreams. He's not done with your purpose. Come on, if you believe it, shout amen in your house right now. Do a victory lap in your house if you want to. If you're still breathing, God's not finished. Philippians 1 verse 6 says, He who started this work. Paul wrote this in Philippians while he was in jail. And he didn't know what the future was going to hold. But he, he said this over his mind, over his heart. I am confident. In the midst of uncertainty, there is one certainty that I hold on to. While there's uncertainty all around me, the one certain thing I can hold on to is that God's not finished yet. Holy Spirit, come on, somebody, I'm going to preach this. In the midst of uncertainty, there is one certainty you can hold on to. If you're still breathing, God's not done. And here's the good news. Even when you stop breathing, God's not done. This is, this is the fourth way that I'm able to shut the door on fear, is that heaven is my eternal home. The devil has no victory. Here's how I win the war against an invisible enemy. I remind him of the final version of what's going to happen. I remind him of the book of Revelation. The final scene for the devil is not victory. The final scene for this invisible enemy is he will be destroyed and thrown into the lake of fire. We have the victory, church. We have the victory, saints. Christians, we have the, heaven is our eternal home to live as Christ, to die as game. So when people say, are you afraid? Are you discouraged? Are you going to live the rest of your life paralyzed by this virus, this fear? No, no, no. I'm going to keep on living with hope. I'm going to keep on living with faith. I'm going to keep waking up with purpose to be who God's called me to be. Now, moving from that, let's talk about current events and let's talk about how the church should respond right now. If you were to look at the, in the Bible, what did Israel do when times were really tough? There is so much parallels between Israel and what we're seeing right now in our current society in America and worldwide. I wanna give you real quickly five points from ancient Israel that connect with today's culture. First of all, Israel followed God when they had strong leaders. This is a time to pray for leaders right now to lead people back to God. We need leaders who are rising up in the marketplace, in the entertainment industry, in the sports industry, in the youth uh, area, in, in high schools and colleges. As long as Israel had a leader that pointed them to God, they followed God. We're seeing this right now. Leaders are telling people, go to God. And people are listening. Leaders, I'm praying for you. I'm with you. I know there's stress. I know there's pressure. In Israel, as long as there was a Moses saying, we're moving forward. We're going, past, we're going through this Red Sea. As long as there was a Joshua saying, we're going to march around these walls of Jericho. The people followed the leaders that were drawing them closer to God. But in Judges chapter 2, when Joshua died, it said there arose a generation that did not know God. And because there was no leader to lead them towards God, they ran astray. They did whatever they wanted. It's a time for leaders to point people back to God. And you're a leader. Fathers, you're a leader. Mothers, you're a leader. College students, you're a leader. Business owners, you're a leader. Wherever you are a leader. Secondly, Israel always strayed away from the word of God when things were easy. When things got convenient and comfortable, they would stop going. They would lax on their time with God, on their prayers, on reading their, their, the scriptures, the Torah. And then when a plague would come, they would draw near during a crisis. This is what we're seeing. This is a parallel between Israel and what we're seeing right now in our world. Our world is trying to figure out what do we do? We got to go to God. 
And that's good because God's saying, I'm the only one who can help you right now in the midst of this. Israel would return when there was a plague. Fourthly, or thirdly, they were always warned by prophets by who often the people would ignore what the prophet said until it came. There are people who have been prophesying certain things, and we're seeing a lot of these prophecies come to pass. Revelation is a prophetic word of a lot of things we're seeing in the world, that there will be earthquakes, there will be wars, rumors of wars, there will be plagues, there will be sickness, there will be death. But don't lose heart. The prophecies always have a plan for the children of God to find shelter in the midst of the persecution. There is a refuge for those of you who will seek God in the midst of this. In fact, I believe God's going to cause many of you to prosper in the midst of difficulty for you to be able to help other people, bringing groceries to people that are in need, being generous, moving in compassion, ministering to people. This is not a time for us to try to figure it out on our own. This is a time for us to go back to God. Fourthly, Israel's judgment always came quickly and suddenly. When it would come, it didn't last for a long time, but it would hit. And in that moment, they had to make a decision what they were going to do, whether they would repent or continue in rebellion. Fifthly, both the righteous and the unrighteous went through the same trouble at the same time. So Jesus said, the rain will fall on the just and the unjust. So for all of us out there, listen, you may have done nothing wrong. You've been living a good life and you're trying to figure out why are bad things happening to me? The Bible says that there will be bad things that happen to good people and bad people. This is not from God. God is not the author of death, of darkness, discouragement, defeat, sadness, depression. God doesn't do that. That's the devil. But God is going to use it to draw people back to him. God is going to use it to bring people back to their knees. We are stronger on our knees than we are on our feet. This is not a battle we fight with physical weapons. This is a battle we fight in the spirit there is an invisible enemy but there's an invisible God who cares about you and he's saying I'm giving you time to get right with me I'm giving you time to get in tune with my voice don't change the channel don't change the channel God's saying this is the channel you need to be tuned in the voice of God the voice of victory the voice of hope the word of God God even spoke to me that my preaching is about to shift in the next few weeks that I'm about to start preaching prophetically specifically to this situation and I'm not just going to preach on the virus because I don't think we need to talk about that I think we need to talk about what is God saying in the midst of crisis what do we need to be doing and I'm telling you don't miss a week don't tune out if we can gather live next week, we're going to gather. But if we can't, we're going to be online, and I'm going to be preaching a prophetic word for you, and I want you to share it. Share this message with as many people as you can. I've got something exciting I'm going to share with you in just a minute, and I'm going to get to it. But Hosea 4 verse 12 says, the people of God have prostituted themselves to idolatry, so they're asking a piece of wood for advice. In fact, one version says, they ask me what to do with their stocks. And when I heard that this week, I thought, oh my goodness. Prophets prophesied what would happen thousands of years later. They think a stick can tell them the future. Longing after their idols has made them foolish. This is a time to crush every idol. What is the definition of an idol? An idol is anything you place before God. It is time to get rid of idols. It is time to break every idol. This is time for a generation to rise up and to seek God like never before. That's where our hope is at. God's going to provide. God's going to protect. God's going to show up. God loves you. He cares about you. But the word of God is true, and you cannot run from truth. And sometimes truth sounds like hate to those who hate the truth. But if you will accept the truth and say, 
man, I have strayed from God and I am ready to come back home and get right with God. God's saying the porch light is on. The front door is open. Dinner is being served. It's time to come back to God. Let's use this time to get in God's word. What should we be doing right now? We got to get in God's word. This is a time to get in God's word. This is a time to get right with God. Self-inventory. Get right with God. Get right with God. This is a time, thirdly, if you're taking notes, this is a time to get in tune with what God is speaking. Tune in. To, how do we do that? We read our word and we listen to what God is speaking through his prophets, through his teachers. God's going to speak. He's going to speak straight from this pulpit, I believe, to you. This is a time to get in tune with what God's saying. This is, fourthly, a time to get saturated with faith. We've got thousands of sermons on our YouTube channel, on our podcast, that you can just every day listen to 10 sermons a day. Just get your mind and heart saturated with faith. In a world that's shouting fear, tune into a church that's shouting faith. In a world that's shouting defeat, tune into a church that's shouting victory. In a world that's screaming death, tune into a church that's shouting life, life. Now is not a time to just listen to anything and everything. Now is a time to get your ears and your heart saturated with God's word. Saturate yourself with faith. Saturate yourself with faith. Next, this is a time for us to get connected with faith-filled community. You know, I'm here right now with a few of our staff members, wherever you're watching this, even though there's this rule right now of like social distancing and keeping our, our distance, I think our world is recognizing that we took church for granted. I think our world is recognizing we took relationships for granted. We took community for granted. And it's almost like we were already isolating ourselves. Many people not really uh, building relationships, just kind of being on their own, being by themselves. And God's saying, now is the time to connect with faith-filled community. Now is the time to get right next to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Now is not a time for us to try to do life all by ourselves. The virus wants to shut down community and wants us just listening to negative voices. I'm saying don't, you gotta be careful who you're listening to, who you're surrounding yourself with. Don't surround yourself with people who are just gossiping, spreading rumors, spreading fear, negativity. You can't live a positive life with negative relationships all around you. You can't walk in victory if everyone you're listening to is speaking defeat. So I'm encouraging you, get around people that are gonna speak hope. I'll be one of those friends for you. Tune in with us, we'll get you connected. This is a time for us to get ready for revival. Come on, get ready. I want the whole band to come out. Get ready for revival. The world is about to see the church explode with creativity that's gonna to witness to so many people. Revival's coming, revival's coming. God's gonna use what the enemy meant for harm, he's gonna use it for good. We saw it this week, 358 people got saved with, with drive-through evangelism. They weren't in a church service. They were driving up. As we handed them groceries, we were praying for them, and they gave their hearts to Jesus. Come on. This is a time for unprecedented revival that God's going to bring. In an unprecedented time in history, God's going to do some unprecedented things that the church has never seen before. It was amazing just watching it, people just getting saved, driving next car, bring them the groceries, getting saved. God's going to use you to witness right now. This is a time to get creative and practical with compassion and generosity. Who can you serve this week? Who can you minister to? How could God use you this week? You have a ministry. You have an anointing. God wants to do something amazing in you and through you. This week, who could you text, call, drop groceries off? 
go ahead. Just be like, a, be like a, your own you know, Uber Eats or whatever. Bring some help to someone in need. Pray for them. Witness to them. This is a time for us as a church to rise up and to fight this enemy with faith. Now, let's look at this. What is this invisible enemy doing? What exactly is the invisible enemy doing to the world? What we've seen so far is fear. The invisible enemy is producing panic in a mass way. And Ben, I want you to just start playing softly behind me. The enemy, this invisible enemy is producing worry, hopelessness, anxiety, job loss, divisiveness, strife, discouragement. People are getting angry with each other. There's offense, there's selfishness, there's hoarding, there's lack. That's what the invisible enemy wants to do. He wants to create mass chaos. He wants people to feel hopeless. He wants people to get angry at each other. We're seeing people scream, getting angry at each other. There's a shutting down of anything and everything that breathes life. That's exactly what the enemy wants to do. So what should the church do to fight back? We have the victory over this invisible enemy. We are at, we are at war, church. We are at war. And we can't just hunker down and go, oh, I hope they don't kill us all. No, no, no. We've got to rise up as a church and say we are not shrinking back in fear. So let me tell you how the church is going to win the war against this invisible enemy. In the midst of fear, the church is going to fight back with faith. In the midst of, of panic, the church is going to rise up with peace. In the midst of worry, the church is going to rise up with worship. In the midst of pandemonium, the church is going to pray like never before. It's it's time to get your prayer prayer warriors out you know what I heard God say God's raising up prayer warriors in this time 10,000 prayer warriors connected to this church 10,000 prayer warriors if you want to be one of them raise your hand online say I'm gonna be a prayer warrior this week what does a prayer warrior do they never stop praying they're praying and they're praying and they're praying and I'm telling you prayer precedes the breakthrough prayer is what's gonna kick this virus out prayer is what's gonna bring revival to our nation what should the church do to fight this battle in the midst of greed the church is gonna fight with generosity in the midst of selfishness the church is gonna rise up in compassion when the world shouts death the church is gonna fight back with life when the world shouts stay in your homes the church is gonna get creative to bring hope to those who are homeless to bring peace to those who are in despair when the church says we've lost our energy the church is gonna rise up with greater energy that we've ever seen before come on Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We are that church. Turn to someone next to you. If you're all by yourself, just shout it out. We are that church. We are that church. This virus is trying to make people sick. The church is going to fight back with healing. Let me tell you something exciting. This Wednesday night, we're going to do something we've never done before. We're going to do a drive-in movie theater-like outdoor church service. Wherever you live, pull up to the Victory parking lot. We are going to have a live service. You're going to be in your car, roll down the window. We're going to have an FM transmitter, and I am preaching live to you on top of the building with a live band. It's going to get wild with hope and with healing and with faith and with victory over the virus. So I'm inviting you this Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Pull up in your car. We got, we got, we, we, we checked in on it. As long as we don't get out of the cars, as long as we're not, you know, congregating all in large groups. But you get in that car 
and you pull up to this parking lot, we're going to be speaking hope, healing, and faith in the midst of this virus. People are driving up to Walmart left and right. People are driving up to research left and right. So while the, the, the world might say, okay, well, you can't, can't get all outside, we're going to get creative with bringing hope to the hopeless. We're going to get creative with bringing compassion. The church is not shutting down. God is not shutting down. Life is coming to you right now. If I'm preaching to somebody out there, just say amen to us online. Listen, the world is saying, silence your voice. The virus is trying to stop our voices from even speaking. But the church is going to use this moment to be a voice of victory and to share the gospel like never before. When you're at war, what do you do? My uncle Charles, he, he fought in war. And I asked him, I said, what was it like in war? I said, what, 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 what do the soldiers do during the middle of the war? Because I've never fought in a war. And he said, Paul, the first thing is, you listen to your commanding officer. This is not a time to try to figure out what you're going to do all by yourself. You listen to your commanding officer and you obey his orders. As a church, we have a commanding officer in heaven and his orders have not changed. His orders are still to worship, to pray, to lift up faith, to speak hope, to give, to be kind, to walk in love, to forgive your brothers and sisters, to spread the gospel like never before. The orders haven't changed. He said every day we would come to our commanding officer reporting for duty, reporting for duty, reporting for duty. This is a time for the church to come to God and say, reporting for duty, reporting for duty. And God has instructions for you. God's going to use you this week. What do you do when you're at war? You stay alert because that invisible enemy is anywhere and everywhere. My uncle said we were always alert. We weren't afraid, we were alert. We were staying awake, we were staying sober. We were staying in a place where we were not just recklessly drunk and, and, and carousing around, doing whatever we wanted. Jesus said no one knows the day or the hour when he will return, but this is a time to live with an alertness that he could come back any moment. This is not a time to just sit around and just binge on all the entertainment we want. We've got to stay alert. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, stay alert, stay ready. This is not my idea. This is God's idea. He says, watch out. There is an invisible enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion. The invisible enemy. Wouldn't he try to roar? I prophesied in January that this would be the roaring 20s, that God was going to use his church to roar like never before. And here we are three months later in 2020, and the church was roaring. But then the virus started to roar. The enemy comes around with his threats. Rawr. Trying to scare the church, trying to scare the world, trying to create mass chaos, mass hopelessness, mass fear. It's time to roar back. It's time for the church. Come on! It's time to roar. It's time to get your boldness back. It's time to get your hope back. Peter says, stay strong. This enemy, he's roaring, but you've got the victory. You can stand firm in verse nine. He says, remember that there's a family of believers all over the world. You're not alone. You're not alone. And God has not left you. And God is not finished with you yet. There's a lot of people going through this, but you've got the victory. Now, what else do we do in a war? You get dressed for battle. You get dressed for battle. 
My uncle, he said, we stayed dressed even when we went to sleep. Because we never knew if an explosion would happen at midnight, if there was bullets flying over our heads at 2 a.m. We never knew if there was a grenade coming at 4 a.m. So we stayed dressed for battle at all times. This is not a time to change your dress code when it comes to spiritual weapons of warfare. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, be strong in the Lord. The fight we're in is not a physical fight, it's a spiritual fight. I need some help. Sam, will you stand up? Reporting for duty. <laughs> Paul said, when you go out, you put on the armor of God. It's time to get dressed for battle. Someone told me, I don't know how to sleep right now. I'm so panicked. I'm so worried. Wear your armor to sleep. We have armor that helps us to sleep at night. We have armor that helps us to battle against the tactics of the enemy that tries to keep us up with paranoia and fear and worry. So Paul says, put on the helmet of salvation. Go ahead, just put it on. Now the Israelites, their helmets in the ancient Israel would cover their ears, the front of their head, and the back of their head. What does the helmet of salvation do? It covers your mind. This battle is a battle in the mind. It's a battle in the mind. You've got to win it between the ears. This is a battle of what you're listening to, what you're thinking about, what you're dwelling on, what you're meditating on. Paul says, don't take off your helmet when you go to sleep. Wear your helmet to bed. Wear your helmet when you go out every day. Put on that helmet of salvation. Then he says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, if you've ever watched any good like police movie, when they're wearing their bulletproof vest, nothing gets through. The bulletproof vest, it, it stops any bullet from penetrating to the heart. The enemy is shooting every bullet he has to try to get to your heart. He's trying to kill your, your hope. He's trying to kill your peace. He's trying to get you worried and anxious. And they're saying right now that this virus attacks those who have bad heart conditions. This is a time to guard your heart like never before. This is a time to wear your breastplate of righteousness, to say, I am not letting fear get in. I am guarding my heart against anxiety. I am guarding my heart against condemnation. I am guarding my heart against feeling guilty and getting angry. I am going to stand in righteousness with God. Then he says, guard your, your belt with the belt of truth. We gotta stand in truth. In a world of fake news and so many reports all over the world, you gotta get back into truth, stand in truth. Stand in truth. Then he says, put on the shoes of peace. Did you know you can sleep with your shoes on? You can sleep with the shoes of peace on. If you feel paranoid, if you feel fearful, panicking, sleep with your shoes of peace on. Tonight, just go, I'm putting on the shoes of peace. Every single day. Do not let CNN or Fox News or MSNBC or ABC, don't let any news channel dictate how you're going to feel. Go ahead and put your armor on. When you're at war, you, do, you stay dressed for battle. Then he says, lift up the shield of faith, which blocks every fiery dart of the enemy, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This is our offensive weapon. It's time to win this war. Come on, Jesus. What do you do when you're at war? You stay connected to the band of brothers. One of my favorite TV shows from the past with Tom Hanks is the band of brothers because in the midst of the war, they would never leave a brother behind. They, were, they had each other's backs. I wanna show you this. Sam, will you stand up here? Amy, will you stand up here? Because this is a time not to just fend for yourself. This is a time, and I want you guys to lock arms behind me. This is a time that we've got each other's backs. When you're all alone, you don't know what to do, but when you team up with brothers and sisters in Christ, 
I've got Sam's back. Sam's got Amy's back. Amy's got my back. Amy's got Sam's back. There is, Ecclesiastes says two is better than one, and a three-chord strand is not easily broken. It's time to guard each other. It's time to look out for your brothers and your sisters, to call them, to text them, to pray for them, to say, I've got your back. You're not alone. I'm with you. You got a prayer warrior on your side right now. I'm standing in the gap for my grandma, my grandpa, my mom, my dad, my sisters, whoever it is. Now is the time to get united. When you're at war, you do not run off by yourself. You stay with, you stay with your troop and you have each other's backs. You stay dressed for battle. You keep your weapons with you at all times. My uncle said, you gotta keep your weapons with you at all times. You never know when you're gonna need it. Keep your weapon with you. Keep your weapon with you. There's a lot of ammunition right here. A lot of scriptures you could speak in the middle of the night, in the middle of the day. God spoke to me six R's to give to the church. Six R's in the midst of this virus how to walk in victory, how to win this war. We have the victory. So the first R God gave me, this is a time to run to God. Proverbs says, in the midst of crisis, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it. This is not a time to just walk towards God. It's not a time to skip. It's not a time to crawl. It's a time to run towards God. Proverbs says, those who run to God will find shelter in his strength it's time to run home run back to god secondly this is a time to repent repent let it start right here lord i repent of every thought every word every attitude every action that wasn't pleasing to you repentance is not a condemning thing repentance is an invitation to receive his mercy his mercies are new every morning here's what repentance does it frees my mind of guilt and shame and condemnation it gets me out of this pride of thinking well i could just do it and god will get over it no no, no. it brings me to a place of humility first peter 5 verse 5 says god opposes the proud but he gives grace to the humble it takes humility to repent it takes humility to say i was wrong and lord i need your mercy i shouldn't have said that i shouldn't have thought that i shouldn't have done that god wants to give you grace but it comes through repentance repentance means a change of direction a change of where you've been going this is a time to repent in Revelation, the first few chapters of the book of Revelation are specifically to the church. And those first few chapters says, repent church, return to your first love, get back in your prayer closet. God's saying, you told me you don't have time. I'm making time for you to repent. I'm giving you time. Time is running out. There is a countdown in heaven. Time is running out. Don't waste another day. Repent, get right with God. Thirdly, this is a time to renew renew so we got to run to god we got to repent and we got to renew this is a time to renew your mind renew your heart right now people who are stuck at home they're going into rooms they haven't gone into in a while and they're renewing the room right they're, they're organizing things things that have gotten messy the word renew means to reestablish to a better state than it was before so you're going into rooms that have gotten dirty and messy and you're cleaning it up, you're getting your vacuum out because you don't know what else to do. You're putting toys away, you're figuring out things to do with your time. This is a time not just to renew your house, not to just renew your bedroom, but to renew your mind. This is a time to renew your fire for God. This is a time to reestablish your relationship of prayer with the Lord. This is a time to renew your meditation over scripture, to go back to your first love. Fourthly, this is a time to receive. I heard God say, I'm about to bring things to the church 
through the church that is going to be so powerful for the world. This is a time to receive. I know a lot of us want to give, 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 but it's also a time to receive. God's saying, I want you to receive my rest right now. You've been going so fast. You've been so busy. I want you to receive my rest. Use this time to rest. In fact, just hold your hands out like a posture like this. You're receiving. God's saying, I'm going to bring grace into your life. I'm going to bring rest. I'm going to show you how to Sabbath again. I'm going to show you not how to be a busy country, how to be a busy person, but how to be a person who is fruitful, a person who is purposeful, a person who lives with good rest, a person who lives with purpose in every moment. Receive it right now. God says, I'm going to give you grace. I'm going to give you strength. Those who wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They will receive strength from on God. When the disciples prayed, they received the Holy Spirit. Some of you have never tapped into the gifts of the Spirit. God's saying, I'm going to give you gifts. I'm going to help you to prophesy. I'm going to, I'm going to release some things in your life, which leads me to my fifth R, release. As you receive, it's also time to release. God has things in the storehouse of your life that he's saying, you've been saving that, it's time to release. It's time to release the anointing in your life. It's time to release the ministry on your life. It's time for you to start releasing the things that God has put in your heart to do. It's time to release some dreams. It's time to release some encouragement. It's time to release some hope. It's time for you to release the ministry to the people that are all around you. And here's my sixth R right here, revive. It's time for the church to revive. It's time for you to revive what's looked dead in your life. Stand up on your feet wherever you're watching this. God wants to revive you. We're seeing all over the world this enemy has tried to bring death, but God says we are carriers of resurrection life. Whoever has the Son has the resurrection power of the Son. Whoever has Jesus in their heart has the same power that raised Christ from the dead living inside you. God's going to start causing things that you've prayed for to come back to life. God's going to start breathing resurrection hope in his church. Things that have felt dead, maybe even your prayer life, maybe even your relationship with God. God's reviving some things that have been hopeless and dead in your life, and it's time. In fact, I want to do something. I want to pray for everyone who's watching online that you need Jesus. You need his hope. You need to get things right with God. You can click the hand. Raise your hand on that online link. Just click it right now. If you're saying, Paul, Paul, that's me. Pray for me. Pray for me. I need hope. I need peace. Click it right there. Just click to raise your hand right on live.victory.com. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, just comment, that's me. I need Jesus. I need his help right now. Pray for me. We're going to pray for you right now all over the world in India and in, in, in China. People watching from Wuhan right now and South Korea. We're going to pray for you in Brazil. We love you, Brazil and Guatemala. We're praying for you in Guatemala, in Chicago, in Michigan. We're praying for you in Virginia, praying for you in Dallas, Texas. Just raise your hand and say this with me. Say, Jesus, I surrender to you. I need you, God. I repent and I receive your forgiveness. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. I'm all yours, God. I believe you died on the cross. You rose from the dead. And I receive you today as my Savior. I receive your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Don't turn this off. We're going to sing a worship song. I want you to just shout with me today in your house a declaration of hope and praise. You might feel silly doing it, but no one else is watching. So I want you to raise a hallelujah wherever you're at. Come on, sing it right there in your house. I raise a hallelujah. 
is alive. Hey, I want someone to go grab that blue victory flag. If we've got it, go grab it over there. Bring it out here. We have had, we sold out of these victory flags just two weeks ago. We, we put them in the bookstore and so many business owners, people bought them, put them in front of their business, put them in front of their house. We're going to have to do a whole nother order of these because people are declaring victory over the virus, victory over uh, what the enemy has, has told them is going to happen. And so we're declaring in Jesus name, if you can see this victory over your house, victory over all the small business owners, victory over all the hospitals, victory over all the nurses and doctors, victory over families, marriages, husbands, wives, fathers, mothers, children, teenagers. We are lifting up a banner of victory over the virus. And I'm believing that God's gonna give us favor in our city. I'm believing that we're gonna have TV channels, billboards who say, hey, we want you to promote victory over the virus in our city. We want, I'm believing God that we're gonna get channel two, six, eight, Fox News to air our Easter service for free on Easter Sunday, because the world needs hope. And I'm asking you to pray with me on that. If you got connections, help us out. We wanna, we wanna spread victory over the virus. We wanna spread victory over discouragement, over fear, over loneliness.